0: This podcast is brought to you by the IIEA, sharing ideas, shaping policy.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You're all very, very welcome to this second event in the 2023 Development Matters series, which uh, uh, the IIEA hosts and which is supported by Irish Aid. We're delighted to be joined today by Mr Gilbert Ungbo, the Director General of the International Labour Organization. The Director General will speak to us on the topic of the indispensability of social protection and the costs of inaction. He'll speak for about 20 minutes or so and then we will have a and a session. First some housekeeping points. Um, both the Director General's presentation and the Q&A session uh, will be on the record. You're invited to submit questions, comments, observations as they occur to you during the session using the Q&A function on Zoom, which you'll find at the bottom of your screen. Feel free to join the discussion on Twitter using the handle at IIEA, and the event will also be live streamed. Director General, you're very, very welcome. Uh, the Director General is a former Prime Minister of Togo, and he is the 11th person to hold the position of Director General at the ILO, and he's the first African to do so. Prior to taking up office, he was the president of the International Fund for Agricultural Development, IFAD. He also previously served as deputy director for field operations and partnerships at the ILO, and he held several posts at the UNDP. He was also director of finance at the International Bank of Mali. He He is also the chair of UN Water and chair of the board of the Natural Resource Governance Institute. I would now like to invite ambassador Noel White uh, who as Keenan said is the uh, is Ireland's permanent representative to the UN in Geneva and to other international organizations to say a few words on behalf of Irish Aid and the Irish Department of Foreign Affairs Noel over to you.
2: Thank you very much David and and, and like you I'm I'm delighted to be here for this webinar this afternoon uh, with uh, Gilbert the Director General of the International Labour Organization. It's a real pleasure uh, and a privilege. And, and thank you so much for taking the time to be with us uh, t- today, Director General, and in particular for doing so on what is effectively the eve of the International Labour Conference, which kicks off here in Geneva down the road uh, on, on Monday morning, arguably uh, the most important date in the annual ILO calendar. Um, so thank you for that um, and for, for taking the time out. Um, thank you also to the IIEA. Uh, for hosting this webinar as part of the Development Matters series, which, of course, is proudly supported uh, by Irish Aid. Um, Our discussion today on, as David has said, the indispensability of social protection and the costs of inaction um, is both an important and a timely one. Um, it, 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 It seems obvious to say it, but nonetheless, across the world, we are facing immense challenges, old and new including around food and nutrition insecurity, deeply entrenched poverty and of course what is the existential threat uh, of climate change. Of course there is no one solution to all of this, these are complex issues requiring complex responses and responses which I think we can agree need to be robust, uh, ambitious uh, and interconnected and clearly social protection is one of the most powerful tools that we have available to us in shaping our response to these issues. Um, In Ireland, social protection, of course, is an established and an essential feature of our social contract. We are very fortunate in that respect. This is not something we should take for granted. Globally, an estimated 4 billion people remain without access to any form of social protection. Um, We have seen the transformative power That this can have and how it can be used quickly and innovatively and effectively to respond to new challenges this was particularly the case during the pandemic with the pandemic unemployment payment which was central to our overall response to the pandemic social protection of course is also fundamental to our international development work including our humanitarian commitments and the ILO is a critical partner for us in the implementation of those commitments happily Ireland and the ILO have similar priorities in this area. So we focus on strengthening national protection systems, of course, but but perhaps more importantly, we have a shared ambition to advance towards a human rights-based and universal approach to social protection. We believe together that this can deliver cost-effective, transformative, and indeed scalable change where it is needed most and when it is needed most. So it is a great pleasure uh, to hear today from Director General Umbo about the important work that the ILO is doing in this area. The Director General, of course, uh, is the expert that we need to be hearing from today. In addition to his role as Director General, he has deep experience, as David has said in his introductory remarks, in development matters over many years. As a former president of IFAD, he has invaluable insight into the fundamentals of food and nutrition security and into the global structures uh, of, of development assistance. And of course, as a former Prime Minister of Togo, he has an instinctive appreciation for the politics and the wider context in which development matters play out, and not an important attribute in the times in which we live. So it's my great pleasure to introduce Director General Longbo today, to address you on the topic of the indispensability of social protection and the costs of inaction. Monsieur Director General, and grand merci Vous avez la parole.
0: Thank you so much uh, um, for, for having me um, today. Dear um, colleagues, uh, and, and allow me to say a particular um, um greeting to uh, Ambassador um to know you, and, and I remember um vividly um, the essential role. And that you played when you were uh, representing Ireland in, uh, in New York and all the, the battle one wanted to go through to move from the MDG to the SDGs and so many things. So I'm very um uh, humbled to, uh, to have this opportunity to see um all of you uh, all of you today. Listen, um for and again, I want to thank you for inviting uh, um, ILO and myself uh, as Director General to, uh, to address you, particularly um, in, uh, on, on, on the subject matter that is so key um, to, um, to, to us. Because our starting point is that social protection is not charity. We want to make that clear. For us, it is a right. That is dovetails to all human beings and needs, first recognized as a human right uh, in uh, Article 22 of the 1948 uh, um, human rights uh, to social security, um, and is anchored in so many other human rights instruments and international social security uh, standards. However. Almost half of the global population and you, you just pointed out, four billion um, you know co co-citizens, um, still does not that half of the population does not have uh, cannot enjoy the right and is unprotected while others are only inadequately uncovered. So this is uh, unacceptable and impedes development. And some, I'm sure you will remember during the COVID nineteen pandemic um, what social protection could do. The power of social protection in protecting people and enterprises, for that matter of fact, and containing the worst part of the crisis. Uh, Without the massive expansion of social protection, uh, and we um, in ILO we (laughs) um, counted uh, up to. 2,000 different type of measures that were adopted by different uh, countries um, so that um, the the, the cracks could be contained. Otherwise, it would have been uh, much, much, much worse. However, most of these policy responses were only temporary, and almost all have already ended. Even in less turbulent times, social protection is still indispensable for addressing the day-to-day life cycle challenges we all face. It ensures access to health care, income security in case of illness, unemployment, maternity, parental leave, old age, etc. Uh, in a way, to preventing poverty and reducing inequality, including gender-based uh, inequalities. The redistributive effects of social protection creates more equal societies, making social protection a key ingredient of um, social justice. So social protection is a well-established element of our social contract uh, um, and Ireland is a very good uh, example, in, uh, um, and quite in the whole Europe, we have to say, and increasingly uh, in the rest of the world. So many uh, countries have understood that they do not need to wait to build uh, a social protection system after they have developed. Rather, you need to build social protection system in order to develop. And that, for me, I don't want to take it for uh, for for granted, because despite progress in uh, expanding uh, social protection, if I were to describe the state of social protection today, I would say progress has been too little and, quite frankly, too slow. You know, in addition to the the four billion that we we just uh, uh, talked about. Let's say, for example, on um, the, uh, um, the, the the case in uh, um, Africa, where only seventeen point four percent of people are covered to have any some kind of coverage, not even the full what we call in ILO the, the floors, um, and this undermines the economic and the social development of the continent worldwide fewer than one in five unemployed workers actually receive unemployment benefits. Another data is 2.7 billion people are not protected by any kind of uh, health protection um, scheme. So I can can go on, um, but these protection gaps hold back our social and economic development. The cost of inaction is and not investing in the social protection are enormous. This is why um, recently I was in a mission in Ghana. We are saying that it's not just playing with the the world, um, the world, we need to start looking at the social protection as a budgetary um, expense or expenditure. It's rather a social investment. Because the absence of social protection has adverse implications for human well-being and for social and economic development. So the social protection supports not only the economic dynamics by unlocking uh, latent and untapped productive potential by investing in human capabilities, but also by stimulating the entrepreneurship contributing to the productivity of enterprises and uh, stimulating growth, particularly at the micro and uh, small and medium-sized enterprises. And it can be uh, especially critical during the economic uh, downturns. So in short, it is clearly irrational not to invest in social protection. Consequently, there is an urgent need to provide at least a basic level of social security for all. This is why we promote a social protection flow, what I was referring to earlier, to ensure that everyone has access to at least a basic level of social protection throughout their lives. And this flow flow provides uh, income security for children, persons of working age, and older persons, and in particular, for those with specific needs such as a person with disabilities. It also ensures that everyone has effective access to at least essential healthcare. So let let us be very clear about what the social protection floor does not mean. It does not mean that we implement some kind of patchy social safety nets that provide limited time-bound, unpredictable protection um, that uh, people cannot count on. That will not do it, let's be honest. The the social protection floor need to be part of a universal scheme based on promoting both horizontal and vertical um, extension strategy. In line with international social security standard, especially uh, Convention 102, which defines what the minimum standard uh, in social um, security and the social protection floor um, recommendation, I know Recommendation 202, uh, which was uh, uh, adopted in, uh, uh, in in 2012. When I was referring to the horizontal uh, dimension, is in a way to seek um, uh, to extend at least a basic level of core benefits as um, to as many population groups as possible and as fast as possible. And this could mean providing universal benefit for children, basic um, old age pension or social assistance for vulnerable groups. The vertical dimension um, refers to the uh, increase in scope of coverage. The range and level of benefits often through social insurance schemes which can provide higher value and more comprehensive benefits. This can be financed by a mix of social insurance contribution and complemented by tax um, financing. Uh, such universal social protection systems need to be comprehensive, um, adequate, and sustainable, as we affirmed uh, in uh, two years ago in 2021. Uh, by uh, uh, ILO International Labour Conference uh, um, here in Geneva, we therefore support um, countries in uh, that in progressively building systems that uh, are universal and accessible to all, systems that are non uh, discriminatory and responding to specific need, sustainable and equitably financed, covering the full range. Of risk uh, from uh, cradle to um, to grave, and we need systems that provide adequate benefit to ensure decent living standards, and systems that are anchored in national legislation and providing effective uh, complaint and uh, and the corrective uh, correction uh, mechanism. In this uh, context, um, let, let me. Um, I would like to acknowledge. The um, excellent partnership uh, with the government of uh, Ireland, uh, particularly um, um, Irish Aid, uh, in supporting several countries uh, to um, uh, and to build their social protection uh, um, systems. The for countries to build their social protection systems and to close uh, the social protection gap, they need more investment. Particularly, obviously. In low income countries, and I know the focus of Irish aid in, uh, in low income countries. So, while high income countries allocate um, 16.4%, for example, of their GDP to social protection, um, certainly um, um, outside the healthcare um, perspective, the low income countries mainly uh, assign 1.1% of their GDP. So, this means there's a huge financing gap that needs to be filled. And the fiscal challenge is uh, exacerbated uh, today by the uh, pronounced income concentration uh, that we know of. You know, it's important to remind ourselves that the poorest half of the global population, half of the global population, barely owns any wealth at all, and possessing just two percent of the total assets, whereas the the ten percent richest of the global population own 76% of all the wealth on that and something that is also quite very uh, concern of 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 mine is the the, the surging uh, military expenditure uh, which reached um, a, a new all-time high and particularly given the uh, um, the invasion of uh, Ukraine by uh, Russia and we have you know a new all-time high of uh, 2.2 trillion in, in in 2020 and 22, and this may undermine existing commitment by diverting resources either away from ODA spending or resources that could be um, add to uh, could be added to the current um, level of uh, commitment uh, ODA commitment. The other um, dimension, which for us is quite important, the distribution of the labour income. <laughs> which shows that uh, pay inequality uh, remain an issue. You know, the, the lower half of the workers in the income distribution globally, the lower half earn about 8% of the total labor uh, income. So that in in, in itself um, tells, uh, tells um, a lot. Uh, when you add also the dimension of the, uh, the, the debt uh, management, the the, the, the debt distress and the widespread austerity. Um, all of that just exacerbated uh, um, exacerbated uh, this troubling context and and, and uh, really make it even difficult the achievement of the SDG themselves. So the, the challenge of finding fiscal space to fill the financing gap we have to recognize is a difficult a daunting one. So with this uh, state of play of power and wealth uh, distribution, can we really say that the universal social protection financing gap is uh, insurmountable? I uh, sincerely, I want to reject any uh, defeatist attitude. What we need is a much more determined political will for a decisive resolve to support a total reset of our global fiscal and monetary uh, framework. A framework that will truly and equitably bring together the three pillars of our common destiny, the necessary um, economic growth, taking into account the protection of the environment, coupled with the scientific and technological progress and social justice. And this will require a concerted effort by the coalition of actors, all of us in the multilateral, private sector, um, academia, bilateral, all of us, the IFI. So this is why, here in uh, in ILO, I'm calling for a coalition for social uh, justice, um, for it to be able to, to, to move the needle. We really need, as I said, not to um, be a uh, defeatist Our global uh, ambition must be commensurate with the scale of the challenges we face, harnessing our unique tripartite convening power uh, uh, in ILO and guided by our uh, our um, principle and values on that. So we um, we want to let me end uh, here by again reiterating the importance for us to really be focusing um, on, uh, as part of our fight against inequality, and um, focusing on the Global Accelerator on job and social protection. That I'm sure uh, you are aware of that the Secretary General and Gutierrez uh, with Ryder, our predecessor launched um, in uh, in 2021, which now is taking off uh, in a way for it to have a decisive contribution in helping with the countries, particularly the low income countries um, um, to, to sustain their ability to finance uh, a, a minimum flow in terms of social justice. Let me uh, I'm stop here, and I'm sorry to have been a little bit too long. Thank you so much. Over to you.
1: Director, General. thank you very, very much for a very powerful uh, presentation, uh, which is uh, thought-provoking for, for all of us, and we'll now open the floor to uh, Q&A, and I would like to put first of all to you a question which comes from a former Irish government minister who is the, the chairman of the, uh, of our parliamentary committee on social protection, Mr. Dennis Nocton, and uh, his question, director general goes as follows. With regard to the proposed social protection floor, has any consideration been given to in indexation of such a floor? He asks this because due to rising inflation in many countries, Uh, with existing welfare supports, the lack of indexation is undermining basic living standards by by stealth. In other words, uh, sort of by the back door. He also notes that you were saying that most of the 2000 COVID supports globally have now ended. But has the ILO noted uh, the introduction of any specific supports for employees who are unable to work because of long COVID? So if I could put those questions to you first, Director General, that would be very helpful.
0: Uh, thank you so much, uh, um, David, for those two questions. Um, the first one, the indexation of the floors. Um, clearly, the answer is yes. The, not only the our uh, recommendation push, uh, pushing that direction, ourselves in ILO, as part of our, our um, um, work or our development cooperation program with the country, this is what we are, uh, we are pushing for. It's also one that really, is it's a little bit linked to the uh, vertical and the uh, horizontal dimension that uh, we are pushing for. Some time, what uh, we notice on the ground, what the country uh, are faced with, is the dilemma between the indexation on one hand and maybe expanding the coverage or expanding the, the outreach of the population that you want to uh, you, you you want to cover. Um, linked to that, even. Um, the more than the, uh, the social protection scheme, talking about the inflation, the uh, currently what we have, where we see in both developed and uh, um, low income countries, is the fact that the, the the wages, the the wage growth, is quite much below the inflation, and and much below the productivity growth, is in itself also causing another. Uh, a, a problem which is similar to the indexation um the the challenge is that sometimes you have um social protection scheme but that does not necessarily contribute to reducing the um the the, the equality so is it an important uh, um, dimension that we have to look at it and um you know I see this uh, indexation challenge um together with the uh, um the the demographic challenge that the global North is uh, is facing as one of the, um, the 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 critical one if you look at a lot of the social security um, scheme um, in, in, even in Europe uh you will see that there's a need for such uh, uh, indexation to be much more um, active the um uh, the uh, the impact in terms of the um the the, the covid uh, uh, impact to the coverage and those coverage that has been uh, uh, um, ending. Unfortunately, we are seeing too many uh, cases where and the problem uh, remain uh, remain unsolved. On on, on that, um, we, there's a tendency about behaving like now COVID is uh, fully behind uh, fully behind us, and the, the, the scheme that you put in place to ensure that and those has uh, been uh, long uh, affected by COVID and. Uh, with or without the ability to uh, to return to, uh, to to the to the job market is uh, is quite a difficult uh, a difficult one. Um, depending on the country, we also have noticed that that also gets you know um, mixed up um, with the other dimension we are looking, where uh, people tired of uh, um, job seeking just decide to withdraw. From from the, um, from, the uh, for, from the the labour market in uh, in itself on on that so that is compound uh, um, impact on, on that the, the the common point about the two questions um, back to our notion of the floor and to be honest when we talk about the floor for us is kind of the bare minimum um, and sometimes that bare minimum doesn't even make it to, to be uh, to be honest on, on that over.
1: Thank you very much, Director General. I have a question also from David Joyce of the Irish Congress of Trade Unions, who is also a Worker-Delegate to the International Labour Conference, which is about to begin. Um, He thanks you very much for your presentation, and he he asks, what is your own uh, outlook for that conference? How do you see it unfolding?
0: No, of 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 course, I'm uh, um, to be uh, transparent. You may have seen in the in the papers a serious attack um, these days about the presidency of the uh, of, of of the uh, of of the conference, uh, which um, for me is a very good question of whether you know or you don't, or how the the, the whole international system works. It reminds me, um, I don't recall which month exactly when there have been a lot of concern expressed in different part of the world uh, whether or not Russia should be allowed to to chair um, the security Council on on uh, on uh, given the invasion Etc the breach of the international law so for us um we have to manage um this and giving it to the government because this is really a uh, government uh, um decision and the government uh, essentially are having um tough analysis of um, if you were to start and um, defining what are the criteria to meet or not to meet before you allow, etc., maybe there are so many uh, of the 200 plus countries in the UN system that will always fall short in one dimension or another, and that in itself you will be solving one problem just to create um, other problems going from uh, uh, coke to uh, to Pepsi uh, um on type of uh, um, situation. So I believe uh, now we're trying to handle uh, that that dimension. But the substance of the the conference uh, um, itself, uh, we are really looking um, forward. We have uh, four uh, uh, major uh, dimensions. First of all, there is a um, a possible standard setting on the apprenticeship, on that which we believe is a huge um, uh, dimension for us, particularly when we look at that in terms of uh, youth unemployment and when we look at that in terms of just transition uh, uh, toward a a decarbonized uh, um, economy. Um, There's another big um, discussion will be uh, the one around the protection. So we will come back to what we uh, are talking about in terms of social protection, including also protection of the vulnerable groups and fighting against discrimination um, and, 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 uh, and, and so forth. Um, you will not be surprised also that uh, we expect the, uh, the, the the committee on the uh, on, on, on the just transition itself to also be one that will draw a lot of attention. And for us it's not only just transition in terms of climate change, it's also digital uh, just transition in terms of uh, uh, move toward um, uh, digital and uh, digital economy and also the um, energy energy transition uh, with the risk of, uh, um, we know very clearly, and I know research confirmed that very clearly that those transitions are going to create more jobs than those that will be lost on that. So if you look at that mathematically, so it's even good news, but the, 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 the math doesn't take away the fact that those that are going to be in the category of jobs to be lost, we need to make sure that nobody is left behind. And therefore, the whole uh, re- uh, skill, uh, reskilling, uh, and the uh, link to the apprenticeship. So you have that, uh, that, that nexus, uh, which is. So we are looking uh, um, forward to, uh, to, the, um, to the substantive side. It's quite, at uh, least going to be quite a uh, very important uh, two weeks for us.
1: Mm, indeed. And the best of luck with us. Evan. Uh, director general you you talked also about the huge challenge of the um, uh, of, of the financing gap uh, in, in relation to social protection systems. What can, can be done concretely to try to address this? i mean I know that you have been exploring g seven and other frameworks as a way of trying to draw uh, direct international attention to this i mean we 've all seen the huge importance of uh, basic social protection from the pandemic so the world has seen that there is no alternative yet it is a huge task to try to persuade the wealthier countries to uh, divert uh, resources for example away from military expenditure That was a very good point you made what can you do concretely at the ILO to try to take that debate forward
0: uh, this is one of the uh, uh, one of the why we are launching a, a coalition for just, for social justice. What we really trying to we want to do is first of all to this debate what we having now to have as much as that to bring the global attention to elevate the political awareness. And, and, and discussion and debate on that, and making sure that in all those major agreements, be it political, economic, financial, or commercial agreements, uh, that we embed a, a social justice dimension, a, 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 in this case, a protection uh, um, dimension. You now, you'll be, um, you know, we next uh, on the 14th uh, of June. Uh, 14, 15. We're going to have a special, um, specific panel, and we have four panels. And the panel on protection, you can see that this is getting so much registration. Um, on the panel on social protection, on one hand, and the other hand is trade and labor rights. On, on that is also getting. So you, so on one hand, we really want to elevate that debate, which is one. Secondly, it's, uh, what we believe is important is also to work with the, uh, the, the, the countries we are assisting. And, and, and that um, ILO is working right now with IMF, and where we took four countries, as a pilot case, is uh, Togo, Mozambique, Iraq and for Uzbekistan, where we are looking together with IMF, the fiscal space and how we can maximize the social spending on, on that so ultimately i think if we are able to do that so because you know when you have a, an economic downturn the temptation is always to cut on the public services and uh, looking at public services and therefore you hit the social protection schemes on that so we want to work on that as well obviously we want to also continue making appeal and as much uh, and the representation for in, increase the portion of the ODA that goes to the investment and the sustainable investment, uh, and to avoid the short term, like we saw during COVID, and um, short term type of investment, and looking at that in building the institutions um, um, themselves. So we do the, the financing is a is a major uh, a major dimension, and we think that we have to have a combination of different uh, um, um, schemes. But ultimately it's to the country's own national uh, revenue collection and um, uh, budgetary uh, management to be able to add, to finance that uh, minimum, that the flow we are referring to.
1: Thank you very much. Um, I have a question here about um, the particular challenge in creating. Uh, a social protection system in countries uh, where there is turmoil, where there is conflict. Uh, one thinks of, for example, Afghanistan. What do you do in a country like that where basic infrastructure uh, ha- has collapsed? How, how do we uh, either create or sustain a social protection system? Um,
0: unfortunately, countries like Afghanistan or countries that are coming a uh, protracted crisis or, 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 or different type of crisis, um, um, those are the countries that are much more in need, mm. and uh, you know, ironically, uh, um, those are the countries where these ins- institutions are quite the weakest. So we, we, you know, we do believe when you start looking at that social protection. Um, I want to insist on this going beyond social security. When you start looking at that from the protection perspective, you still need to build immediate mechanisms. Um, Country like Afghanistan, you know, social protection is also, for example, um, access to education. Uh, you know, enabling um, the, the children to be able to access to education. So in those type of things, by having um, um, school meal programs, that's where I do think um, in in the short run the ODA the, and the humanitarian investment. You know, what are the bridge from humanitarian to development has to invest in in. Um, the, the social protection scheme that, at the same time, encourage medium-term, um, solving medium-term development issues. So um, access to the, uh, to the minimum health care. So you, 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 don't, you cannot put a health insurance in place if there's no doctor. And if you can't even have the, the medication and the pharmacy uh, system working. So this is what we also call about those start building from scratch. So in in country like crisis, uh, and by the way, uh, um, we start doing much more in uh, in that. It's important to mix both shorter, um, what I call the humanitarian or the 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 the, the, nexus, the humanitarian development on one hand, and long long term building the institution at the same at the at the same time. But there are very very much more. Difficult. I have to. There some dissolves the Yemen on on this war. I Then you have um, very quickly. Then you have the, the, the other type of crisis, um, that, um, in 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 uh, Turkey and uh, um, and Syria. And uh, Syria. Very good example. It was relatively easier for a country like Turkey that has much more functioning institution to have immediate release and protection scheme compared to Aleppo or, 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 or northern part of uh, um, Syria, for, um, for example.
1: Indeed. Um, you spoke at the beginning, Director General, about um, social protection as a human right and, you're, and you made a very uh, strong point there. What, what more can we do to highlight that to make sure that that is actually accepted universally because I sometimes think that uh, uh, it's that people pay lip service to it but you know the reality is you pointed to the fact that it is codified as a human right but is there more that can that that we can do to 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 win acceptance for that worldwide? The, the, the,
0: the, yeah and I'm very glad you raised that and uh, uh, we need all of you to help us uh, continue advocating. Uh, for us um the very first thing is to you know uh, um we still have our recommendation to, to that uh, not all countries have uh, uh have ratified and and implemented uh, already by uh, implementing the existing or the convention uh, on the social security to to first ratify that is a, a first step uh, uh secondly obviously I'm very admi- um Encouraging country to do what other countries uh, have done, you know, an example comes to my mind is South Africa, where the, the right to um, to water, uh, um, water and the energy are constitutional rights. Uh, on on that, so by, by the mere fact that they are uh, ingrained in the constitution, although the government still may not be in a position to respond fully, it forced the government to have that. High on their agenda. So I tend to encourage um, what I call uh, any attempt at the national or international level to really embed part of the minimum rights. Uh, if in all our constitution we want to um, recognize our freedom um, 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 of speech or, or freedom of expression, for me it's also important to have some basic uh, uh, social protection. Uh, um right
1: embedded in our fundamental goals. Um, absolutely. Um, I have a question here uh, about the, the impact of the global cost of living crisis at the moment uh, and indeed of, of rising inflation. This means that consumer purchasing power is reduced and in many developing countries, this has led to an increase in the number of people working in the informal sector. What can the ILO do to improve job security in developing countries to deal with the issue of more and more jobs being ending up in the informal sector?
0: Um, particularly, first of all, I want to acknowledge that um, we noticed uh, um, that, you know, the, if you look at the 15 years um, pre-COVID-19, uh, pre- um, the informal economy has been formalized at least slowly, but we did have, uh, we gained we gain five, six points um, in formalizing. Mm-hmm. And that five point that we gained were quickly, um, you know, uh, totally ripe um, off and uh, totally erased um, during COVID. And since then, it's really rather increasing than going, we are not even back to the free COVID, um, and level so that I really want to acknowledge that what we're doing again in terms of the whole uh, informal uh, informal economy uh at different uh, different uh, um, levels one um uh, we we do think that what we're discussing about having um all the vulnerable group having access of minimum um social protection floor is is uh, is uh, essential um the 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 second thing is you know, when you look at that, you need also some incentives for the the, the, the micro and the uh, SMEs to formalize. You need to have some kind of in- uh, program incentives, and, and that can also be um, linked to the um, the offers on the table from the protection uh, from the protection side. Uh, and thirdly, I also believe you have to continue working on using um, the, the, the 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 fiscal policy as a way to encourage uh, formalization. Not, the, not very often what we know um, from, from Latin America to, 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 to Africa uh, uh, and, and uh, Southeast Asia, uh, South and Southeast Asia, you, you really notice that when the, uh, the fiscal policy is really just used to quote, unquote, harass um, um, people, then they will tend to go to the, uh, to the, uh, to the informal um, um, on the seat. So I want. So those are structural things. Uh, let alone the fact that in itself, we need to encourage um, business training and access to, uh, to IT and, and, and the technology um, platforms. Um, we, we have to dissociate um, the, when we talk about the informal informal economy. There's also a new form of uh, um, informal economy, which doesn't mean necessarily that um, people are um, and, um, in the most vulnerable categories. Uh, particularly when you think about the um, the um, digital economy, the workers on the platform. Some are vulnerable, some are not. So it is also a matter uh, of bringing um, the informal set, uh, economy to formal, so to optimize um, the tax collection system um, as well. So all of that, what I, uh, I have to say, it may or may not be linked to the challenge we have with the um, the loss in the purchasing power on, on that. The, the the loss of that purchasing power just makes it worse. Mm-hmm. But even if we didn't have that since COVID, we noticed that the problem is there and is a, a huge one. And back to the, 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 the purchasing power um, it, itself, you know, um the, the we have to recognize first in ILO, and ILO does recognize that that the the last you know a year and a half or, or two or so, uh what the central bankers have been doing to fight the inflation is giving um a result to to a certain extent. We know that at least the the inflation um I believe IMF is still projecting. Um, worldwide, up to up to seven percent, I think, uh, for the 2023. But we know that uh, from 2024, the tendency is that hopefully will be down under control. So I don't want to be mi- uh, mistaken. It's important to fight inflation; otherwise, we are all doomed. Being said, the my concern is that most of the people at the table in making decisions to how to fight uh, inflation. Not necessarily taking into account the need to really still protect the most vulnerable group, the protection, the protection system, the social protection system, while making the macro decision. Um, and and we have seen that in uh, in 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 COVID, in a lot of uh, international community, including where I was aware before in in, in IFAC, um The 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 extra financing bring to the uh, to the country including the distribution about the special drawing rights. But once you arrive at the country level, we don't understand, you know, making sure that the redistribution within the, how it's used to ensure that the most vulnerable group, uh, the most beneficiary, we we were not necessarily successful there. So, so there's so many dimensional. Indeed. Um, Thank you very much for
1: that. Uh, I have another question, which Asked what can the ILO do to create or, or to support jobs which um, which support the green transition? In other words, what can you do to b- create more jobs which uh, 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 advance the climate goals of, of, of governments, both in developing and in developed countries?
0: Well, for us, what we what we are we start doing. We have been doing that for a few years, but. Um, kind of uh, um, stepping up our effort is uh, through our research capacity and being able to identify sectors that will be, uh, let's say, clean energy, decarbonized economy, and that at the same time reach in terms of job creation. Mm-hmm. Secondly, is really the whole um, preparing the workers for what we call for Tomorrow's job, almost today's job, um, in making sure that all of us today are fascinated by um, chat GPT. Um, But the the heart of the matter is how do we make sure that we can be tooled ourselves, we can uh, reskill and upskilling or totally uh, shift those that are in the sector that are quite very vulnerable and providing those training, making sure the policy at the country level adjusted to um and to create a conducive environment for the worker to be able to go through that um and tra- transition in terms of training and re- uh, uh, scaling. And finally creating the the, the policy environment that encouraged the youth um to really um, and, you know go through uh, entrepreneurship in um a clean energy or, or for the economy and
1: domain. And uh, our time is coming to an end now, Director General, but uh, one final question here. Um, What are the big challenges that you see on the global labour market at present? I mean, if you were to think, you know, five or six uh, uh, most pressing uh, issues, what are they?
0: Wow, that's uh, you know that's a very difficult, and I hope I can limit to five. Um, <laughs> um, one of uh, one of it is clearly that it is a challenge, but we can turn it to opportunity as well. If you look at the global north, the the whole demographic changes, which somehow um, it's linked, could be linked um, to the skill shortage. Mm-hmm. Um, that on one hand, on second hand, you look at the Global South, where you still you have quite a very uh, massive level of youth unemployed, very likely either trained or that could be trained. And at the same time, they are suffering from the risk of um, brain drain. And I think one of the challenge that can turn into opportunity is how do you organize ourselves? through an orderly um, migration, where you can have that um, circular migration um, scheme, where you can, can I um, train um, Kenyan in IT or nurses uh, in, in Delhi, that <laughs> could go and help Ireland or Germany for five years get also experience um, from Europe and go back later on, even if it's 50% that are going back, going back to their country to also help their country before they are also acquired. That win-win is one clear part. The second thing that will come to to my mind is the fact that we know very well that today our economy is going more digital. That one's very, um, very clear. I'm very concerned um, about the, um, the notion of uh, near shoring, um, you know, friend shoring, um, where you know, it might solve some problem, but just to create other problems. You know, um, something for me that although we believe in ILO that there are a lot of things to fix in the supply chain business, um, particularly in terms of child labor and forced labor. Uh, but globally, the, the supply chain have been engine of job creation, poverty alleviation. Uh, if you look at most of the emerging economy today, that has helped a lot of emerging, uh, uh, emerging economy today. So uh, that is uh, the second dimension that I think we really need to put uh, to work together, not to the the, the current uh, political environment actually uh, I'm not referring not only on the war in Ukraine even before that we can also see the political environment is uh, repatriating the production um, from the global South. I I, I do have a uh, uh, concern on that in terms of the impact on the job market on the uh, on the other side although it can also do good on this side. so my, my point is that we, we, we should not go through it in a very in a blind manner. Um, we have to also be targeted uh, in trying to see how um, we still protect the the globalization on on, on that. The, uh, the the third dimension that I would I, would, I can mention, you know, is fascinating. Where we notice on the labor market the fact that um, the youth are no more interested to have one job, you know, from from twenty two to sixty seven, yeah. um, and and you know feeling that they they can provide. They, they don't have to count on the government. And because the government system maybe have failed or have failed them, and the things that on the protection, the social protection we talk, they prefer taking measure themselves to protect themselves. The typical example would be that uh, gig uh, engineer that would prefer not to be, a, not to have a, um, an, a, a, an employment relationship with uh, an employer, but negotiate on mm-hmm. zero coverage. And that we know for fact is a um, is a time bomb um, challenge on that. So, but that, that would be more and more one we feel that we have there. The fourth one I am talking about. You see, the voice and the, the ability to negotiate the our what in you know, ILO know jargon I'll talk about Convention eighty seven and um, freedom of association and Convention ninety eight um, um collective um, bargaining. That's and that, in the context of a genuine, very work, um, effective social dialogue system, uh, sometimes we 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 tend to forget the 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 key value of uh, of, of that in, in our labor market and the society in general. In in a, in a world economy today, where the um, unionization rates. Uh, are going uh, relatively down. Um, you know, ironically, if you look at uh, in, in France, because of the challenge they are going through through their uh, pension system reform, and that has said increasing the unionization rates on that. You know, it should be the other way around on that. So that dilemma is, is a difficult challenge also that, uh, that uh, we have. Last point since you asked me, five. Um, the last one that uh, I will mention is the uh, discrimination um the vulnerable groups uh, um, on, and, and then and for iro you know our uh, our constitution the, the preamble of the Constitution is no lasting peace without social justice and that um the group that are um, at the risk of being discriminated against uh, particularly uh, on uh, in the context of uh, labor markets and, 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 and uh, workplace, it's crucial um, and that we look at that discrimination, uh, um, exclusion, and, and uh, different groups and people with some degree of disabilities, how to make room for them to be able also to access uh, to, um, uh, to, uh, to, to, to a job on that. And all of that in a context where we really need to remind ourselves that uh, labor is not a commodity.
1: Well, Director General Silber, thank you very, very much. That was an absolute tour de force. Uh, uh, We have learned a a huge amount and we found it all uh, fascinating, really, the the answers to the questions and and your initial presentation. Thank you so much for giving us uh, some time today. And we're very much in your debt. Wish you every success with the conference coming up. And I know our ambassador, Noel White in Geneva, will be looking forward to working with you. Uh, So the best... The best of luck with your future endeavors and thank you once again for making yourself available. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for having us and uh, let me the opportunity to thank uh, Ireland as, and I sincerely mean it uh, with your your whole strategy um, ODA strategy and the work with uh, ILO and in a very selfish way uh, let me say also they work the work um, that Ireland uh, Irish Aid with IFAT where I was uh, uh, before and you are always there to stand uh, with the, the, the smaller countries, the, the, the countries at the, at the bottom, I always have a very big respect uh, for Ireland for that. So thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by the IIEA. Sharing ideas, shaping policy.